Okay, Mr. President, the cameras are set up. We need to do this quite quickly. Already? The nation's waiting. What do you want to say to them? What? The nation's wedding? What? Is waiting, this? Waiting, oh, waiting, 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 sir. Waiting. The waiting. nation is waiting, sir. Oh, really? I mean, like, is my tie alright? Your tie looks fine. It looks lovely. Yeah? Your wife picked out a good one. Ah, oh, she, yeah, she always picks out the great ones. Okay. I was like, where's my coffee? I want my coffee. Here, sir, here's a cup of coffee. Oh, good. Is it Sparks? If it's Sparks? It's soy milk. Oh, sorry, my goddammit, what is sort of Nancy lefty? Can we get the president another cup of coffee? <laughs> We're already ready, sir. Good morning, good morning, in less than an hour. Our aircraft will be here to join the others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Sir, I really don't think we have an hour. Mankind should have the new meaning for us all today. We can consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in the common interest. Perhaps it's the fate that today is the 4th of July. Is, is this going somewhere, sir? Ju- I did, but this is my 4th of July moment. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist, and we should we win today on the 4th of July. It will no longer be known as the wait, American holiday. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish from the fight. We're gonna survive today. We're going to live on. It seems unlikely, sir, but you're like your spirit. We celebrate our Independence Day! Beautiful, sir. Hi, my name's Paul. And my name is Team America! Fuck yeah! And you're listening to No Garnish! Hello, Reese. Hey, Paul. How you doing, man? Alright. Guess what day it is today? It's the 4th of motherfucking July. It certainly is Independence Day. Oh my god, I'm already swearing and it's the first sentence. (laughs) Should I say that again? It's the 4th of July. It is indeed. The day that America wisely decided to cut ties with England (laughs) and go its own way and live happily ever after. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, really interesting, actually, because it was that podcast that you suggested to me, Sawbones, that I was listening to today. Oh yeah, the medical one. The medical one. And they were talking about... um, american independence from the british and he was just like yeah you know like you know the bloody limeys and you know like yeah we kicked them out like and it's really interesting because uh i noticed when i went to america uh, and did my internship in san francisco like when i was in my early 20s Mm. you know it it was like a constant thread of everyone i met of like oh yeah you're british yeah we kicked you out by the way we got our independence from you bastards And I was a little bit like, kind of like, at the end of the two weeks, I was kind of a little bit like, let it go, man. <laughs> and it's like, I never controlled you guys. I didn't, you know, it's not like a personal thing. <laughs> but it, but I found it interesting that there is a kind of quite a long thread still of like, yeah, we kicked those bastard limeys out. Yeah. You know. They're quite proud of it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah very. I well, mean, it, it, they should be. They should be. I mean, it, it, I mean, I want to kick our government out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, we notoriously, like, tax the fuck out of our people and don't give anything back. 
And that's why America went its own way. Yeah, it's exactly the same reason. It was the same reason, wasn't yeah. it? So America, man. So America, in this episode, we're going to drink a drink from the time of the War of Independence. Wow. The Stone Fence. And then at the other end, 150 years later, where we are now, a cocktail that's a big hit in America at the moment, the Elmo Cola. The Elmo Cola, that sounds so like So we're a going cool from name. the Stone Fence, the Elmo Cola, and somewhere in between all that, I thought let's talk about some good things that have come out of America. Some of our favourite things. So we're going from the, the Stone Fence of the Liberation and the War to Sesame Street and, and everything in between. Yeah, although actually the Elmo Cola isn't named after Elmo from Sesame Street. Oh, is it not? No, I thought it was. Right, right. But it turns out it's not. Is there a we'll more famous there. Elmo than the, than the Elmo from Sesame Street? No. No? No. <laughs> is he the most famous Elmo still? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, it's named after a restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, St. Elmo. Oh, well, like St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. The John Hughes film. Mm. Oh, I love that movie. So first, let's try this stone offence. So one of the first acts of the War of Independence was the raiding of a British fort by a group of revolutionaries called the Green Mountain Boys. Right, okay. And before they went and raided this fort, they got tanked up on rum and cider. Right. Which became known as a stone fence cocktail. Right. In my head... Apparently, when they went to raid the fort, yeah. it was quite easy, because they were all pissed and all the soldiers were sleeping. Right. So it wasn't a diff- It wasn't like a bloody battle or anything. Well, so they were pissed and then all the soldiers were sleeping and yeah. they were fighting. Yeah, so they just um, walked in and took it over. Oh, really? Without much fuss. Is that well, without much bloodshed as yeah. well? Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, they just put their guns up and they were like, well, this is our fort now. Yeah, pretty much. And that was the start of the liberation. It's one of the, one of the early events of the American War of Independence, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. In, in my head, everything is like Saving Private Lion. What's his name? Ryan. Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> saving Lion's Privates. In my head, everything's like World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Like, 1700s, they're all wearing tailcoats and wigs yeah. and that sort of stuff it's that sort of stuff founding fathers isn't it yes yeah beards yeah. big beards cravats cravats um probably muskets definitely muskets muskets yeah. okay yeah so it's kind of interesting to get like the, the historical timeline do you want me to give you a timeline a quick timeline yeah give me a quick timeline. so first english settlement in america was 1587 called the roanoke colony and it vanished completely and no one knows what happened to them i think they probably died yeah yeah but, the, but no remains were ever found or anything oh is that right really yeah. and then jamestown in the colony of virginia was the first permanent english settlement in 1700 there were about 250,000 european settlers and enslaved africans in north america's english colonies 75 years later there were two and a half million really so it went wow. up a lot in those 75 years God, two and a half million emigrated to america in, in, se- in 75, 75 years. years yeah that's an that's a colossal amount of people although america's a massive country isn't it so so i guess but they, they were you, mostly on that east coast really yeah so as we talked about in the flannel shirt episode we know that america was built on hard cider Yes, it was, wasn't it? And that's what they were drinking. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that from the episode and how strange it was to think of America and cider because it's just not a drink that I I think of. I don't attach it to America cider. No, it's because it got replaced by beer when there were more of the European settlers. In that 75 years, in fact, you had had more of the European settlers coming in and they brought beer making with them. But originally apples were the crop of America and... 
you know. Cider was America's first homegrown booze. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So this is the stone fence. This oh. is, you know, probably close to what they were drinking. It's hard cider and rum. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Yeah. Just fucking shoot me in the face with a musket. It's bad, isn't it? Bloody horrible. It's really horrible, I know. That is a disgusting drink. It's like how to make two good drinks awful. Yeah. Combine them. It doesn't work at all. It really doesn't work because it's like cider, like old, like particularly like an old rosy cider is quite sour anyway. And then you've got the bitterness and the sourness of the rum combining. I I don't understand why either of those things taken separately are delicious. Right. But you put them together and they taste fucking awful. Right, right. They really do, don't they? Yeah, they do. So my solution, simple syrup. Simple syrup, man. It's the the only thing that's going to save it. How much do you put in? As much as you want. (laughs) The whole bottle. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like it makes it nice. It just makes it better. Oh yeah, that's much nicer now. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've definitely like solved solved it. But I don't think I, I would ever order it again. No. Sorry Americans, I know we're we're drinking to your independence here. Well, we're just tasting a bit of history, really. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with with a lot of things when you're tasting it in the context of when it was first made. I just don't think tastes were as refined as they are now. Yeah, I imagine the rum's probably quite rough, but they, this is what they were drinking. I just don't think they cared because I think like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. everything was so horrendous that you just got <laughs> so drunk just to deal with the horrendousness yeah, of everything. Yeah, probably. I think, you know, there were times where if you were poor, it was incredibly brutal. Like what, what most people did was they end up either breaking their backs working in farms or going into the military or mm-hmm. navy. Didn't they? That, like, if if you if you were poor and uneducated, that's pretty much the only two things you got to do, wasn't it? Yeah, farm or die. Like we're painting a nice glossy picture of the past there. <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> it's only up from here. Only up. Well, this is yeah. it, isn't it? Elmo you know. Cola, you're gonna love the Elmo <laughs> Cola. Okay, so we've both come up with a short list of things that we're grateful to America for. Yes, and I also found a poll of British people and their general thinking of the best things to come out of America and also the worst. We've both had a look at this. Some of mine were already on the poll, but I've got some others that weren't. And have you got extra things that weren't on the list? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Most definitely. Okay. Do you want to tell you the top 10? Yeah. Number 10, NASA. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's great. But um, I'm surprised that's number 10. I mean, it's quite a big thing, space. Well, it's astronauts, isn't it? And yeah. rockets. Yeah, uh, yeah. Number nine, Elvis Presley. Uh-huh. Number eight, Hollywood movies. Yeah. Number seven, Barack Obama. Barack Obama is Mm. above NASA. Yeah, it is, yeah. This is so British. Number six, KFC. KFC is above NASA. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so... I love it. Is KFC above, um, below McDonald's, then? It is, yeah. Number five is Apple. Oh, Apple Mac, okay. Number four is McDonald's. Oh, number four is McDonald's. Number three is Coca-Cola. Wow, okay. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And number two is Disney. Yeah. Any guesses for number one? Number one, Jack Nicholson's toenails. You remembered because you looked already, didn't you? (laughs) His, His old toenail clippings. That's kind of what he looks like now. He looks like an old toenail. I'm surprised at this. I feel like this is brainwashing. Number one is Netflix. Netflix? Like, really? People? You think that's that's the best thing to come out of America? Netflix? Netflix doesn't even have anything good on it anymore. Exactly. I kind of feel like this whole poll is a bit... I just ask the average English person, what's the best things out of America? Uh, uh, Netflix? (laughs) Uh... 
KFC. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks almost made it in there, number 12. But, Tom Hanks is like a, a national treasure for America. Levi's at 11. I'm definitely with that one as well. That would yeah. be on my, that's in my top five. I absolutely, you know, I'm not a brand whore, but Levi are just like the Levi jacket. I've had four Levi jackets, real Levi jackets. And every time I've worn them, I've always felt just great. And I've had other denim jackets. Like I, the one of my summer denim jacket isn't a Levi. Okay. And I wear it but I feel a bit crap. (laughs) But when I put my Levi one on, ah, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's that little red tab. I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel like I'm like the archetypal American guy that I've always wanted to be growing up. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's that brand association, isn't it? And that's what they do, isn't it, with the adverts, you know? I think so many guys wanted just to be able to strip naked in the laundrette and be that sexy guy in the white briefs. But not all of us can be that guy, I'm afraid. <laughs> As I have found out. <laughs> the hard, when I stripped the hard off. Way. I stripped off in the laundry and everyone went, ooh. Excuse me, sir. Can you put your clothes back on? You're scaring everyone. <laughs> We're phoning the police. We've got an animal wrangler coming round. We're taking you back to the zoo. <laughs> He's got that sort of like collar thing. <laughs> trying to get around me. <laughs> some giant man trash panda alright dude come on give us some of the stuff off your list okay the th- I think probably this is the first thing that came to my head yeah American trashy teen dramas and movies oh okay they are just I just love them as a 38 year old man I probably should stop watching them but I just love them can you give me an example well okay so I'm trying to think of something like that's trashy because you know like something like Stranger Things is a sort of teen drama Mm. but it's really good isn't it it's not trashy but something that's really trashy would be something like Teen Wolf oh my god that was just I loved it maybe it's because there's loads of very hot twinks and hunks and twunks in it I think it was very aimed towards gay men (laughs) that show okay (laughs) but it was very trashy so another one would be like something like Supernatural again the two guys in it are very attractive (laughs) which is probably why I watch it but you know it's trashy it's kind of throwaway and and, and I don't know like Buffy the Vampire Slayer I mean it hasn't sort of transferred over has it it hasn't Buffy hasn't kept its cult status but that was great when it came out I mean I loved it I loved it when I was a teenager it was amazing I mean it's kind of weird actually some of the teen dramas now like I watched um, Euphoria and that's supposed to be a teen drama I guess really fucking explicit and the mm. things that happens to teenagers now in teen dramas are pretty horrendous. Mm. You just think like, wow, God, like the the world has gotten gritty. Yeah. And there was so much penis in Euphoria as well. I think right. there was like one scene where it was something like 38 shots of different penises in it. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Were you counting? Yeah. No, I read it in an article, oh, okay. which is the reason why I started watching it. <laughs> it's like a little notepad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 38! Josh, 38 penises! I think we're in a gay club. Man, nothing gets past those keen werewolf senses, huh, Scott? Okay, what's what's your what's one of yours, man? We've mentioned them before. American breakfasts. American breakfasts. I think Americans rule at breakfasts. I I totally agree. So, what what do you think is so amazing about American breakfasts? What's the difference? 
You know, you got waffles, pancakes, mm. syrup, bacon, oh. eggs. It's like the English breakfast, oh. but better. Bottomless refills of coffee. Yeah. And also like Another sort of... great American invention. Slightly sort of mardy uh, waitresses going, what do you want? Do you ever met a waitress like that? Uh, yeah. In yeah, America. I, I have actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've met quite a few. I was challenging your stereotype, <laughs> but we both met them, so yeah. But um, then they, they live on tips, so you know. Well, yeah, precisely. Um, yeah, American breakfast, man. I think the fluffy American pancake yeah. is just incredible. The buttermilk, there's nothing like it. Oh, I, I had I had one of those um, the other day at, at, Bill, at Bill's. They do in Brighton. They do a five stack oh, yeah. with bacon and maple syrup. And I ordered it, and Josh was like, "You're going to be asleep in about three hours." And then, lo and behold, I went back and I slept for about five hours. <laughs> that was my <laughs> Sunday gone. Um, oh. It was incredible, though. I think like maple syrup and bacon. I know maple syrup's Canadian, but maple syrup and bacon and pancake is just an egg scrambled eggs is such a good combination. Yeah. And also, American America doesn't pollute their breakfasts with fucking baked beans like we do here yeah there's no baked bean juice anywhere near their breakfast and i have to give that to them that, yeah. that is great because i hate baked beans yeah. i hate them i hate the look of them i hate that oh and i hate that the people like them so much here i'm just like what are you doing just no, do you not just see the filth all around you it's all ah it's the sort of it's the sort of like pale skin texture as well of like that colour, that sort of bean colour that comes out of the red sauce as well. Right, okay. Like, I think, like, baked beans, cold baked beans, particularly cold as well, like, you could put it on someone's face and it looks like some sort of horrendous, like... I have seen them used as special effects. Have you? Yeah, Maybe have, that's why. Yeah. Maybe I've got, like, synonymously, it looks like 80s horror prosthetics. Yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want an American breakfast now. Yeah, I know. It's making me hungry. Can you... I challenge you to a cocktail... A cocktail uh, challenge. Mm. How do I say that? I challenge you to a cocktail challenge. I want to set you a cocktail challenge. I want to... No, I quite like the idea of challenge. I summon the challenging of cocktailness to you. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. <laughs> can you make one day, can you make the American breakfast in a cocktail? Can you get all of that into a cocktail? Because you did so well with the mince pie. That was incredible. I That was like a mixture between science and art. You want a savoury element, though, in this. Yeah. That's the hard bit. Mm. Remember, we did bacon old fashions. We did the Benton's old fashions. Yeah. Mm, you weren't convinced about that. No, I wasn't. Then maybe you're asking for trouble by wanting bacon back in a cocktail. What Particularly about? if you want to go creamy milky as well oh, yeah what about like bacon milkshake whiskey coffee milkshake maple syrup and bacon and yeah. how do you get the pancake element into it the fluffy pancake well oh, that's tough isn't it that bit i think is less hard than trying to balance bacon well it's up to you man it's it's not it's not for next show or anything it's just out in the ether you have been challenged, and whether you accept that challenge or not is up to you. But bacon flip. Bacon and maple flip. Bacon and maple flip. See, actually saying it like that, it doesn't sound so bad. Does it not? I'll have a think. Before we move on, we actually have talked about this, I'm pretty sure, on No Garnish before. Mm. One of my all-time top favourite album covers is The American Breakfast. Can you remember it? Well, take a look at my girlfriend. Yeah! She's the only one I got. 
And that's the album cover. Super Tramp, Breakfast in America. And it's an amazing album cover. The picture is of a waitress looking really happy, and she's like the Statue of Liberty. And in the background, you've got Manhattan, and it's all made up of like uh, menus and teacups and do you know i'd never noticed that i had, i've never looked in detail at that picture oh really i always thought it was a city but yeah looking at it here it's yeah. all made up of salt and pepper pots and yeah and i huh. and i used to look at that album cover when right. i was a kid and i really think that's one of the things that really inspired me that's, god how many times have i seen a, that a, a graphic artist right in, you know because a, a lot of my artwork's kind of on that thread isn't it and funny enough that was going to be my who wants to be a cocktail quiz question but I thought it was so obscure that no one would ever get that one. Not like all the other ones are. So if I come up with this cocktail, is that why I should call it Breakfast in America? That would be amazing. What do you want? Can I get some You're like 35. The kids' menu is eight and under. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What do you want? <laughs> what? Weird. Right. Um, okay, back to you. On my list, it was sticky American-style barbecue ribs. Okay. Proper, like, Texan barbecue ribs done mm. by a proper... What do they call them again? They call them pit bosses, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you can't beat that. There's something... I don't know how they do it, but when I was in Austin, I had some proper Texan barbecue ribs there done, done on a barbecue. Oh, my God. I was just like... This is fucking heaven. And there's, and you're just covered in filth and just everything. <laughs> barbecue sauce, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I think, like, like, my heaven and hell would be just to be in some sort of horrendous kind of, like, barbecue sauce, like, just tasty meat sort of weirdness of just moulding meat bodies in barbecue sauce and just what? in heaven and hell, do you know what I mean? <laughs> just sticky everything I'm not sure sticking I know what together you, you just want to okay. lick everything <laughs> things rotisserying around oh god it's heaven and hell what's the hell bit well just the hell is just the horrendousness of it all and <laughs> some sort of weird meat barbecue orgy it looks like hell but it tastes like heaven is that yeah, what you're saying kind of yeah okay. <laughs> barbecue meat orgy yeah do you ever watch that film what was it called in the 80s uh with um i always talk about i always talk about sex and filth so much don't know i don't know why not society society yeah yeah, yeah 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 i mean fucking hell i saw that film only a few years ago right um because we would watch baywatch and it had the guy from the first series of baywatch in it okay um i mean that's just and the guy when he comes out the buttocks like that's just yeah i think i was kind of thinking of that but with loads of barbecue sauce okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all right yeah yeah that's fucked up. <laughs> I'm just like nodding. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. As I'm picturing it. I'm like, what the? F- what's wrong with you? I know. I'm kind of like, as I'm saying all of this, I'm sort of like looking at you, and I'm sort of thinking, yeah, is this what two years of no garnish with me does? Where I can just say all of this, and you're just like, yeah, 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 it's fine, man. Like, and then I catch myself and go, what the fuck? What's your next one? Okay, my next one, it wasn't on the list. Jazz. Oh, man. Is that too naff? Jazz. Well, jazz hands. Well, just, just jazz in just general. Jazz. Jazz. But not. Well. That to me is like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> 
<laughs> your face, like you literally, like the demon in your eye. Like yeah. I, if you, if there was a knife around here, I would imagine if I carried that on for another thirty seconds, it'd be at I my throat. I don't know that I could have took it for another thirty seconds. I detest <laughs> scat singing so much, which is the irony that I love jazz, yeah, and in its many forms, yeah. and I want it on that list. Best things to come from America because it, it you know, it massively changed music. But isn't isn't every music changed by something? Yeah, but nothing is quite as big as jazz as a as a modern musical mm. art form. The twentieth century was the jazz age. What about blues? Blues informed jazz. Oh, blues turned into jazz. Well, it informed jazz. It yeah. did. Oh, I thought I thought jazz was before blues. No. Ah, interesting. Mm. What about heavy metal? Yeah, because you had jazz fusion in the seventies and eighties, so okay. that influenced heavy metal. But and the, the newly in, in improvisation, you know, jazz introduced improvisation into music. Because because on because I wrote a list, I just, I sent it, didn't you, of loads of stuff. Yeah, and, lo- and lots of male blue- body parts. <laughs> it's predominantly male actors' body parts. <laughs> and there was only two. Was it? Yeah, it, it felt was, like more. It was um, Brad Pitt's abs. And yeah. Chris Evans' ass. Right. Okay. <laughs> Combine them together and you have an ass up. <laughs> Slather it in barbecue sauce. Ah, there we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So, yeah, uh, on, on that big long list was blues. Because, yeah. And it's, so it's interesting because I would say blues was, was bigger than jazz. Because if, you, if, if jazz was informed by blues, then blues is like the godfather of it all. Blues is like the massive catalyst for it all. Yeah, but it wasn't bigger than jazz. Jazz... Do you think? No, no way. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, from the twenties to the sixties, jazz was the thing. Are you are you going to turn into um, uh, whiplash on me? Are you going to throw a symbol at my head? <laughs> Only if you do scat singing. <laughs> so that's the that's the flip side of being very very grateful for jazz yeah. and its influence on all music but it then fucking brought scat with it which i think is one of the worst musical forms ever created it's just awful is i mean it's interesting with jazz because like i i love I, there's a lot of jazz i really love i but i prefer the more you know tuneful jazz stuff you know i prefer uh Bit of kenny th- g i'm trying to think of of like <laughs> kenny g um <laughs> Uh, who is it like? I'm trying to think of the some of the jazz people that I used to listen to when I was learning the saxophone, and that was when I was a teenager. And I think it was kind of the easier stuff. Like, was it like Loneliest Monk and all that sort of stuff? Well, yeah, right. like you know, it's quite easy jazz. What? Like, I wouldn't say the Loneliest Monk was easy. Jazz. Well, no, some of the more basic stuff that, that some jazz could, standards though. Some You're talking about like j- yeah, like, jazz standards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying that I could play like that. I could just play the the the, the like basic simple melodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the problem with a lot of music um, forms, you know, what tends to happen. I think with something like jazz, where it's very instrumental based as well, is that it kind of people want to keep on extending it and extending it and pushing it and pushing it, and then it goes into territories where it becomes unlistenable. And then it's like, oh, yeah. you you just don't you don't know jazz, man, because like, you no, know, this jazz is amazing, but you can't listen to it because I I have the jazz, but I've listened to so much jazz that I can listen to this jazz, the unlistenable jazz. You know, man, like, you know, I... It's, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't love know. it all. There's definitely stuff... I don't know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And there's definitely stuff that I don't like, but... Yeah, I'm grateful that it came out of America. That's all I'm saying. When I think of jazz of that era, actually, like I, I always think of like Philip Seymour Hoffman talking to um, Tom Ripley about jaz. And what's I that in what? In in the talented Mister Ripley. 
Yeah, because because Philip Seymour Hoffman in that. Oh, he's brilliant. He he doesn't have a big part in it, but he's brilliant. He's absolutely. Oh brilliant, no, you don't. Yeah, quite a small role, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he likes jazz. That jazz yeah. is features in that a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and Tom Tom has to kind of like learn up, get clued up on jazz because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name Jude Law's character? Yeah, is really into it, isn't he? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. But yeah, no, that's really interesting about jazz. Yeah, I think that's definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that though. That is, it is, a, it was a huge musical impact and really did shift a whole made the roaring 20s didn't it yeah you know and you had all the dancing like the charleston and all that sort of stuff exactly. and then epic. 30s and 40s swing bands yes yeah Fucking yeah great oh uh, well and all the big all the big brass sound and all of that yeah you even like jazz or is that for my benefit i've got to like it yeah, I was surprised on that list, on the poll, there's hardly anything musical. Right. You know, I would imagine on the worst list, maybe country and western it'd be interesting what americans thought of. but it's very i suppose country and western now is quite different to what it was back in the 70s or something yeah i guess like um now they're all fucking rapping aren't they country and western now is like hip-hop <laughs> well that's it if it lasts long enough <laughs> country trap actually uh, can country i put, can i put country trap on my worst of american <laughs> is list? that what it's called country trap i fucking hate country trap really but it's like you know on my list of things that i absolutely love about that's come out of america that you love or hate that i love is um, stoner rock and grunge music. You right. know, I yeah. couldn't live without that. I would say my ultimate all-time favourite grunge band is Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Um, I can just listen to that band over and over and over. And, and you know, interesting about them is that they were actually kind of the critics' favourite to become the, the huge grunge sens- sensation. They were actually, like, really? pitted to be much better than Nirvana. But, you know, the, the lead singer was in and out of rehab so much that it just really sort of ruined their chances. Okay. Yeah, interesting that, you know, because I think grunge for me just, just absolutely fucking loved it, you know, massively. But I got into it 10 years after the bubble burst on it all because of of, of, of the age I grew up in. Do you know what I mean? So I, actually when I was listening to grunge, even though like a lot of that music's really come back in the last several few years with the whole 90s revival, mm. When I was listening to it and really loving it, people just looked at me like, man, why are you listening to that old crap? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're just kind of stuck in the past. And actually a lot of people who had grown up in it, who were older than me, were kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I'm done there. You know, I did it when it was the first time round. And, you know, and then it just became commercial man. And, you know, like, you know, everyone was fucking doing grunge. And do you know what I mean? But it's interesting because the context of the time back then, you know, there wasn't the internet and everything. And and the exposure to, to things was so so different isn't it yeah yeah and like well that's another thing to thank america for the internet the internet another thing to curse america for in a way dylan o'brien uh summed up the internet so well dylan o'brien dermot o'brien no who dylan moran dylan moran (laughs) i just got like you were thinking of dara o'brien i just got two irish (laughs) names (laughs) put them together do you think it's made the world worse the internet or better? Uh, I think it's made it worse, but that's only because I remember the other time. So obviously whatever happened before the time you're in was better. 
So, so, so if you, but if you had a chance, you would turn it off. If I had a chance, I would turn the internet off and not tell anybody where I'd put it. <laughs> I, I don't think life is better with it. You can find things better. I mean, you know, if that's what you're into, looking for stuff. <laughs> searching. Yeah. Some finding. Not a, we're always searching, but now we have the illusion that we're finding it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the internet but, was conceived, you know. wasn't it, in the summer of love? Was it? Yeah, the first, some of the first ideas of the internet. But I think actually the internet goes back even further. And there are conspiracy theory kind of uh, alludes that um, it was also conceived in, um, oh God, uh, Bohemian Grove. And I think that's what we can, we can really thank America for, is fucking nutty political conspiracy theories and bohemia grove is like one of the biggest weird like conspiracy nut houses that i i have sunk many a hour and reading into it and the nuttiness there and you've got the giant like owl i think it is and they have the cremation of care oh that that i know what yeah. you mean now yeah it's in like the californian yeah. redwoods and there's all sorts of like nefarious stories surrounding that, but that apparently that's where the H bomb was conceived as well, and and apparently that's also where the internet was kind of pushed forward. Okay, the second cocktail of this evening, the Elmo Cola. The Elmo Cola, I love it. Not named after Elmo from Sesame Street, but after the St Elmo Steakhouse in Indianapolis. Oh, basically they've swapped bourbon and cherry coke on its head. Right. Because that's all this is, except they infuse the bourbon with cherry and vanilla. Right. And okay. use normal Coke. Yeah. But for some reason, this has like, become a hugely popular cocktail. Is it? Mo Cola. I think the name goes a long way. When was it developed? Quite recently, in the last few years, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they've okay. actually, the restaurant have now, it's so popular at the restaurant that they've started putting it in cans and, wow. and marketing it. Elmo Cola, it's a thing. Elmo Cola, okay. Should we give it a taste then? Yep. Ah, now you're talking. Is that better? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, anything's better than the stone fence, wasn't it? My God, that's delicious. And you've given it in little glass cola bottles. Classic American cola bottles. Yeah. I don't know, like, what it is about Coca-Cola in the glass bottle, but it tastes better. It does. Always tastes better. There's a sort of a crispness that comes from... A crispness, yeah. Yeah, a coat from a tastes fresher bottle. somehow, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. I don't know if the carbonation is kind of better. I don't know if like I don't know what it is, mm. but that's a beautiful drink, man. Yeah, yeah, but I could drink Happy. that all day. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's probably the most widely drunk cocktail in the world, actually. Whiskey and Coke. Mm. Did actually find out what the most drunk cocktail in America is? And if can you, I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Yeah, Long Island iced tea. No, not even on the list. Oh, not even on the list. No. Um. The Manhattan. No, we haven't had it on the show. Oh, have we not? No. Oh, I don't know it then. Margarita. Oh, Margarita. Everyone in America loves a margarita, it turns out. That's so interesting that we've not mm. done a margarita yet. We should do a margarita. We should do. I mean, okay. that's a classic staple, isn't it? I'll put it on the wheel. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. If it comes up, it might come up this week. Wheel For next it. episode. Not much else you can say about this, is there? The Amocado, other than, yeah, cherry, bourbon, coke... What's not to like? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's not like reinventing the wheel, but it's just a staple, lovely drink. And I think after that first one, I think it's a welcomed celebration. <laughs> yeah. So while we're talking Elmo's, yeah, the Muppets, that's, right. and that's on my list of great things from America. Oh, really? I love the Muppets. The world is a better place with Muppets in it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Ba-da-ba-da. 
You would just then carry it on and on. That's your thing. I think that's just me all all over, isn't it? I'm very aware of how overbearing I can be as a person. No, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going there. I like it. I've thrown the bait out there, and you've gone no, like, no. Not- not it. <laughs> Do you know how the Muppets started out? How did it start? Here's out? some fun facts. Yeah, for give you. me some fun facts about Muppets, man. So the Muppets started out as a short-form television series called Salmon Friends in the um fifties, nineteen fifty-five. Called Salmon Friends. Salmon Friends. Were they for salmon? Sam. Oh, name <laughs> Sam. Sam Not and salmon friends. Yeah, I thought you were saying salmon friends. Like, what? Like, were they like fish? So Sam was a big-eared human, right? And he escaped his everyday life with the help of these abstract friends. And the yeah. original Muppets, there were Yorick, Harry the Hipster, Professor Madcliffe, Chicken Liver, and Kermit, who started out as a lizard. Chicken Liver. Yeah, there was a character called Chicken Liver. <laughs> was it a chicken? I haven't seen it, actually. Well, no, I have seen a clip of this, but I don't think I caught chicken liver in that clip. Imagine if it's just a pig called chicken liver. Or just a piece of liver. <laughs> it's like a Muppet liver. Yeah, so Sam and Friends was the original Muppets. It was popular, so they got on talk shows and they were in some advertising. And then Sesame Street started. Oh, I see, okay. Um, but that was until 1969, so the Muppets had been around like 15 years before Sesame Street came along. When did Jim Henson get involved? I'm right from the beginning, I think. What, so from the 50s? Yeah, I think so. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I mentioned that Kermit wasn't originally a frog. He was a lizard. He was a lizard. Right. Kermit, not quite as snappy as Kermit the Frog. No, Kermit the Lizard thing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, so I just think, like, lizards, like, they're they're kind of hard to make as your friend, aren't they? You tried. What? Making a lizard as your friend. (laughs) Yeah. Just (laughs) Just didn't want to (laughs) know. On a daily basis. (laughs) Like there was at the bus stop. And I try and like chat to them. They just never show any interest. (laughs) Man, I just want a lizard friend. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm trying to tick off the diversity checkbox. (laughs) I've got everything. I've got all the races now. I just need to get a lizard friend. Who was your favourite Muppet? I kind of yeah. like the band, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Muppet yeah. band's called yeah, all, all, Animal. Animal, yeah, yeah, like Animal. And your favourite Muppet is who? I think it's Grouch. In the trash can. Oh, tell me. Oh, that was the one I always waited for when I was a kid watching Sesame Street. And you come out of the trash yeah. and I'm like, ah, oh, it's Grouch. I love him. And also Cookie, Cookie Monster. Monster. Yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten Sesame Street. I was thinking just of the Muppet show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, Grouch and Cookie Monster. If you're grouchy and you know it all, dump some trash. Hey, you! If you're grouchy and you know it all, dump some trash. Hey, you! If you're, if you're grouchy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're grouchy and you know it all, dump some trash. <laughs> right, come on, give me give me more of your favourite American thing. The the big one for me is obviously like American rock poster art. Mm, you know, okay. and that is very much an American thing. Their rock posters are fucking unbelievable and they love them and they do it so much better than we do in the UK. And then, you know, it also stems into like pinball artwork and 
custom culture, you know, with yeah, all the right. custom with a K, yeah. you know, all the hot rod cars and everything. Yeah. I just love it. And then it, you know, that bleeds into like heavy metal artwork and rock artwork and stadium. Yeah. And I just think Americans do that really well. And they also do like things like monster truck rallies. Oh, yeah. like, argh! it's just like so, oh, I love monster trucks. They're so stupid. Okay. I love them. Right. I went to see one when I was a kid and it's just, oh, it's incredible. Right. So yeah. So rock poster art. Okay. Um, and, you know, like, you know, people like Rick Griffin, you know, just incredible artists of like the sort of 60s who kind of, you know, inspired all of that. And then the other thing was going back to a sexual element, because that's I'm just a dirty, dirty minded person, is my continual fantasy of having a night with a hot Texan stud. You can't, I don't can you thank America for that? Well, I suppose they produce the hot Texan studs. Oh, uh, it's just that really dumb American Texan you know, oh, Kevin, like, you know, they sort of talk like that, like, ah, oh, and they're kind of quite cute, you know, and they're sort of like, yeah, basically, like, the archetype would be um, Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. Gorgeous and stupid, all rolled into one. And funnily enough, the actor who plays him is Australian, so <laughs> there right. we go. Why do you want them to be stupid? I don't know, something about, I don't know, it just, it just makes them hotter if they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucked up. <laughs> Uh, like because it's like in true blood he's just really he is quite stupid and quite sort of like i don't know they're like he's like a sort of human golden retriever do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny because you know like my partner josh is incredibly like intelligent and switched on yeah. complete opposite so it, like, i'm not saying like i want these as life partners no no <laughs> I said I want these as a complete objectification as well. Am I a terrible human being? Is that what we're learning on No Garnish? Is that I'm morally corrupt and just terrible? It's an aspect of your personality. It's an aspect of who I am. Um, Isn't there an element of all of us as just morally corrupt and terrible? Most of us just just keep it hidden. Do you think that's it? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, like, let go of the bullshit... Let's get. Let, let's just open the curtains to all the facets of just how horrendous we are. Recent friends would be a very dark program. <laughs> Recent friends, yeah, instead of salmon friends, yeah, because all the Muppets and salmon friends are going to be aspects of his personality. Oh, I see. Right, right. That's why. That's why he's got a lizard called Kermit and a chicken liver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yours would be. Quite scary. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think? I've, but there's nice elements about me, surely. Oh yeah, of course there is. Yeah, so yeah. so th- so you have those in 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 my friend group. I don't know what the nice bits of me are. Don't spend too long thinking about that. <laughs> oh, was that a question? I thought that was a question you were asking yourself. <laughs> well, it kind of was, but <laughs> I think that long pause. <laughs> Oh, no, I thought you were going to answer it. I didn't realise you were waiting for me to answer it. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's fine. It feels a bit self-indulgent to sort of ask myself questions on air and then come <laughs> up with it. <laughs> do I, but then maybe that's just what I do anyway. <laughs> do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Am I self-indulgent? Do you know who I mean by Jason Stackhouse? No. I don't know who Lazarus was. Be sure as hell was not the first vampire. Everybody knows it was Dracula. It's in the Bible, moron. Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. So Jesus made the first vampire? Maybe Jesus was the first vampire. I mean, he rose from the dead, too. And he told people, hey, y'all, drink my blood. 
it'll give you special powers. Yeah, like, I like his voice, and then suddenly I get now what you mean. Do you see what I mean by yeah. the voice? Yeah. And like, just, oh, oh, he's so adorable. Do you right, see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he's real. Oh, it's good that you, you as a straight guy can just indulge my, you know, homoeroticism kind of, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, but some people would be like, yeah, but, you know, I'm straight, so, you know, it doesn't, whatever. No, I can appreciate an attractive man. Good. That's yeah. good, yeah. I think that's really important, actually, that people can do that, that they, you know, even if they're heterosexual, they can still appreciate the same, who's attractive in the, in the same so sex. You as can them, appreciate an attractive woman. Yeah, I can do, although they tend to be quite <laughs> androgynous, <laughs> all the oh, ones okay. that I fancy. Right. Yeah. Okay, my last pick. Yeah, what's your last one? UFOs. Mmm. I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, well, Area 51 uh, was on my list, but <laughs> was I took it? it off, yeah. I love it how, like, I changed Area 51 off my list to replace it with Trashy Teen Series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Area 51, man, and UFOs. I mean, this leads into the whole thing of American fantasy. Yeah. I think. Like the first, or what's regarded as the first widely reported modern UFO phenomenon, that was 100% American. Do you know about that? Kenneth Albert Arnold, 1947. Okay, tell me more about that. Um, So he was a pilot, and he saw what he described as these nine craft flying in a formation. Oh, right, okay. And so he reported it, and he instantly became famous. Right. And literally spent the rest of his life talking about UFOs and... UFOs became his life after that. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I read a bit of one of his books, a book that he wrote called The Coming of the Sources. Right. In that book, which he did have help writing. Right. So I don't know how much of it was the writer helping this. Okay. But he comes across as very credible and kind of saying, like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't right. ask to see what I saw. Right. But I did see what I saw. And it changed my life. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because did you hear what um, NASA said recently? Uh, I only caught the sort of tail end of it, but basically the, the, the premise was like that they were sort of campaigning to be like, don't take the piss out of people UFO spotting. Don't discourage that because out of every hundred UFO sightings, 98 of them can be explained. Yeah. But actually 2% can't be explained mm. and actually keep on having them come in. I mean, what's curious about this? Yeah. It's very much only in America. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know there are UFO sightings all over the world. I know they are, like in Russia. Yeah, and, but you know. is anyone else setting up organizations to look at this? Why are so many in America as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, proportionally, yeah. probably 80% UFO sightings are in America. But it's definitely an American phenomenon, isn't it? Well, I, More so than anywhere else in the world. But then that kind of makes sense. You know, like America, landmass is so much greater. Uh, you need lots of big, expansive landmass in order to gather UFO sightings. You know, so is China and Russia and Africa. There are huge, and Australia, yeah, but, but, but they're not. But our culture and our media and isn't intertwined with Russia and China. And actually, like with, with China, China okay. is under such a digital wall. Okay, sure. So, and, okay. and with Russia as well. Russia's a complete digital okay, wall. Okay. Do you know what I mean? All right, but Australia, huge continent. Why, why are there not thousands of UFO I sightings? I think it's because and... they're too preoccupied by having barbecues. So they're looking down. <laughs> 
They're not looking up. They're looking down at the barbecue. <laughs> is that the problem? That's the problem. Well, that's a lovely thing, though, about America, that they're looking up. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think there's, there's like a lot of like shady military shit that happens in America. I mean, you know, the amount of nuclear bombs that they've tested. I don't know if you've um, looked at the world map of all the nuclear bombs that America have tested over the world, and it's quite terrifying. Mm. I mean, I mean, Area Fifty One uh, as as itself is such a sort of. Um, it's so steeped in sort of mystery, isn't it? Because if you go anywhere close to it, people with dark glasses come up, don't they? They drive up and, and they escort you away from it. But that's the same with lots of military testing areas. Yeah. You know, that happens yeah. if you go too close to Porton Down in this country. It doesn't have the same ring, does it? doesn't it? have Porton the same ring. Down as Area 51. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the same thing happens. Do you know, I tried to break into a um, uh, a military bunker just on the outskirts of Brighton um, several years ago with Pete. And when I say try to break in, like, <laughs> Pete was so like, 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 can we not do this? <laughs> I don't want to do this. Because <laughs> he pointed out to this sort of like shack. Uh, like behind load of fence and quite far away. Right. And we were on like the walk on the downs and he sort of said like, oh yeah, the legend is that that's like a sort of secret government bunker. And I was like, cool, let's go up to it. Right. <laughs> and I was like, let's go the covert way. And I dragged him like through all the brambles and the bushes to this really steep part that was kind of like closer to it yeah. with the idea that I could just hop the fence right. and then just go up and just, you know, just walk around and see if I could get in. But it was, it was so hot that day and it was just, it, it was such a failed, like, botched attempt and he just looked at me he was just like I'm too old for this shit man <laughs> like, this is like <laughs> this isn't fun do you think there's a correlation between the amount of psychoactive drugs that have been taken and the amount of people and the amount of space to why there's so many ufo sightings there i think it's to do with the american mindset i'm so so i'm mixing together my own thoughts and stuff in a book called Fantasyland by Kurt Anderson. It says, like, if you mix epic individualism with extreme religion, mix show business with everything else, let that all steep and simmer for a few centuries, run it through the anything goes 1960s and the internet age, the result is the America we inhabit today, where reality and fantasy are weirdly and dangerously blurred and commingled. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And I think that's really good. And there's another bit where he says, why are we like this? Because we're Americans. Because being American means we can believe any damn thing we want. Experts be damned. Right. And I think that does very much encapsulate wow. the American approach to, yeah, I'm going to believe whatever I want. Yeah. And I'll ignore any evidence that contradicts me. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you don't have to look at the flat earthers for that. I mean, that is kind of the weirdest thing to come out of America, I think, in recent history is the whole flat earth kind of community. And just how adamant they are that everyone is lying to them. I know. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the kind of weird thing about conspiracies. It's, fun, it's being... both funny and sad, though, isn't it? it? Oh, it's really sad. And I and I try not to laugh at it. I remember when people used to look at me being crazy when I was sort of in, in kind of the idea of conspiracies and everything. And it wasn't necessarily the idea of the conspiracy. It was the idea that, yeah, that idea of that kind of like, well, why can't I believe this? Maybe you're all just believe in... in in all this supposed truth in 
quotation marks. Mm. And there was this kind of staunchness in me of being like, no, I, I don't have to prescribe to that. But, you know, I've kind of grown out of that. And I never really truly, like, truly embodied it. You know, never truly. I, there was always a tongue-in-cheek kind of an idea of just enjoying fantasy. And yeah. I enjoy fantasy. Yeah. But I enjoy fantasy for it being fantasy. You're aware that it's fantasy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I think also there is another other element that is actually like the truth is stranger than fiction. And actually, like, I do believe that secret societies do exist. That's a fact. And governments redact lots of information. That's a fact as well. The, the the conspiracy element is true, but what the truth of the conspiracy is, we'll never know. Well put. Yeah. <laughs> Did oh. I put something well? <laughs> Yay! So, I put so something shocked. well. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Let me give some facts about what Americans believe. Okay. This is quite, well, I found this quite troubling. Okay. But it does explain a lot. Right. Two-thirds of Americans believe that angels and demons are active in the world. Two-thirds? Two-thirds. Wow. At least half are absolutely certain heaven exists, that it's an actual place, and there is an actual guy, not just an abstract idea of God, but God is a dude who looks after it. Wow. And I think if that's your starting point for how you're engaging with reality... yeah. Anything is fair game, isn't it? Something that I have found with the internet that's really uncovered actually just how stupid people are. And it started off with like how stupid Americans can be by people like interviewing Americans on the street. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, who runs the UK? Uh, The Queen? Do you know what I mean? Or I don't know. Like, but then there's lots of videos actually of that in Britain. And I was like, oh, "Oh my God, my God, like, you know, I hadn't realized how stupid people are all around the world. I mean, the the only reason why I sort of say about America is because, like, the American population is so much bigger. So I kind of just think by proxy, you're going to have so many more stupid people just by proxy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then, but then, but seeing these videos in Britain, I was like, oh my God, I hadn't realized that there were so many stupid people in Britain as well. Like, oh my God, like, I don't understand how someone could be that stupid. I know. I worked in a news agent for six months. Yeah. I've met them. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. The kind of questions <laughs> that people would ask me. Like the one, one that really sticks to my head, a guy's got a 39p packet of balloons. Right. Puts it on the counter and asks me, do these balloons inflate themselves? <laughs> <laughs> that's the level we're dealing with <laughs> although although do you want to yeah. know what was really stupid that i did today <laughs> what did you do? i spent ages looking at this box of tea to see how many tea bags were in the box <laughs> like and i was reading i read the side the the back the underside and i was like how many tea bags are in this? And right. then it was like at the start of the main title, right. AT tea bags. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with people, man? I remember another guy just like really bursting into the news agents, like in a, in a like panic and just turning to me and going, do you sell meat pies? <laughs> Man, I, do you know what? I think everyone should work in a convenience store just at some yeah. point in their life because I worked in one. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and you, like, it is like um, 
the film uh, Clarks, isn't it? Or Clarks. It is. You get a proper like, cross cut of humanity. Oh god, you? yeah, 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 yeah. And you, and you do have the like the weirdest questions and yeah. the weirdest. Yeah. Like when I worked in the fudge kitchen, and you know, like literally people could watch me pour in the vast amount right. of sugar into this big fat, and I'd be like, "Yeah, this is you know." basically molten sugar you'd be surprised to how many people ask like oh is this um diabetic friendly <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally sugar and cream that's all it is <laughs> like no this is like but not even as an you're, ironic joke you're but, gonna die <laughs> like, it's quite soon probably <laughs> do you have a diabetic friendly version of this like no <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, oh, I feel like we're getting on to the good stuff. I feel like I haven't brought enough great American things. I've been too, like, uh, frivolous with it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Hollywood, man, like Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, absolutely well, incredible. he's on the pole. Yeah. He's quite high as well. He's, um... I mean, I think Spielberg's, like, America's... Number 14. Really? Mm. He has been beaten by a tub of ice cream, though. <laughs> <laughs> is that ben, ben and Jerry's at 13. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we love your movies, but it's ice cream. Sorry. <laughs> it was mostly meant to be just fun, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not like an exhaustive list. <laughs> it's Independence Day. We, we're celebrating some good stuff that America has given to world culture. Yeah, and, and actually, like uh, I think, you know, uh, I mean, it tends to be a lot of food, actually, like hamburgers, absolutely brilliant invention. Popcorn, man. Popcorn at the cinema, mm, yeah. absolutely great. Although it does make a lot of rustle, so I'm not too happy about the rustle. <laughs> if they could invent silent popcorn. Silent popcorn. Maybe like popcorn coated in candy floss. I uh, think you might have just created something there. Have I? Pop floss. What about candy floss that actually you can floss your teeth with? Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> Should we wrap things up? Okay, I'm just on one tonight. I just want to talk. Do you? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I, don't know, I think the thing that's nice is that I'm talking about something that's like something. I spend so much time alone in my head. Oh, right, is that where you're coming from? Yeah, it's just nice to talk about topics. Well, yeah, I don't get to talk to people most of the time. Do you not? Not about anything interesting. Yeah, that's the thing I like about this, is that you choose a topic of things to talk about. And I like talking about things, it's nice. It's nice to talk about things other than yourself. I mean, I'm thinking that everything I've just said, just then, you're not going to put into the show. Why? Just because it makes me sound a bit desperate. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I won't put it in then. It's it's nice just to be able to talk. Like, I sound so sad. Like, <laughs> I'm not seeing anyone for a week. Oh. <laughs> don't don't let it end. I remember, like, when I was a teenager. Don't go home. When I was a teenager, like, like quite early teens, you know, kind of that annoying teenage age, and we kind of thought it would be really fun, you know, to prank phone call people. You know, everyone mm. when they're a teenager gets that sort of. You sort of, you you're basically turning into a shithead, aren't you? That's the kind of the the, the, the teenage shithead phase. Yeah. And we prank phone called this old lady. And, you know, we just carried the conversation on a bit. And, and she was just kind of like, kind of, you know, who are you? And then I think she had someone there or something. And, and then the person thought that she had like a proper phone call. So she left and she went, oh, please don't go. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not really like the sort of voice kind of haunts me <laughs> oh, throughout God. my life. Like, oh, please don't go. <laughs> wow yeah 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 what an asshole thing to do though isn't it when you're when you're you just, you just don't you're just not aware are you at that age 
No, sure, but that's so. That's one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Yeah, to the person like you know who was just leaving. Oh my god! Maybe that was her exit though. <laughs> she's yeah, like, well, how do yeah, I get maybe. away? Yeah, oh, maybe. she's on the phone. Great, right? That's my time to go. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know the other side of the story. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Oh, how you doing? I'm trying to be all light and cheery. <laughs> like you terrify the life out of me. <laughs> don't be, why are you so terrified of me, darling? Mm. I don't think there's anything. I've not got a malicious bone in my body. I'm 100% benevolence. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. <laughs> well, do you like my stars and spangle spanglers everywhere? Like I'm wearing, look at look, I'm that, spangled up. That is quite an outfit. Stars and stripes all over the place, darling. I Ooh. do like the sparklers on your cowboy hat. Oh, do you? They're, <laughs> They're great, aren't yeah. they? You see, back in the day, I was going through America and I saw these fantastic cowboy hats and I just thought, you know what? They're just not glitzy enough. So I just put my glitz all over it and then you know i rocked up into a little bar down there and got chatting to a lovely lady called dolly and she went like oh darling i did love your hat and you know a few years later i saw her she was everywhere and you know <laughs> she obviously just loved my glitzy hat i actually didn't realize you were that old princess <laughs> Darling, how dare you? Old? I'm never old. I'm as young as everything. I'm still 25. What are you talking about? Okay, are you ready to play? Who wants to be a cocktail? Okay, everybody. If you know the game, you know the game. But if you don't know the game, I'm going to tell you the game. The game is simple. You basically have to guess the three cryptic clues that I say. And the cryptic clues relate to the episode. It's very clever. And I will also give you a cocktail. And if you get the cocktail correct, you get 10,000 adulation points. Get the cryptic clues correct and you get 10,000 adulation points. Get them both together, you get 50,000 adulation points. And all you have to do is just send your little answers to me. You can do it by the interweb, you see. You can do it through No Garnish Pod on Instagram or no garnish at fastmail.fm on the email. Okay, for this cocktail, you will need 50 mils of beef eater pink strawberry gin, 25 mils of strawberry syrup, 25 mils of lemon juice, 25 of lime juice, and 100 milliliters of soda water. Top it to the top, four maraschino cherries to garnish, one lemon sliced. Pour the soda water at the last bit. Do not... Put the soda water in the cocktail shaker. Because right. then you'll explode and fizzle over like I do. <laughs> okay. Right, okay. Are you ready for Princess the... Princess Masterclass in cocktail making. Princess Margarita. Right, are you ready for the three cryptic clues? <laughs> yeah, go on. Who am I? <laughs> I'm no... Sorry. Is there more? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Who am I? Right. right, goodbye. <laughs> okay, cryptic clue number one. 
whilst my name touches the soul in every continent, and I'm arguably as famous as Jesus, I carried the cross on my shoulders, and I never preached my gospel outside of the blue and white prison bars that I called home. Cryptic clue number two. Are you lonesome tonight eating your PB&J deep fried? And cryptic clue number three. Drawn and drafted, exploding like a bomb from the Memphis bell, burning brighter than the sun, and leaving you all clacking at the knees. And they are your three cryptic clues. And that is, who wants to be a Clacking at the knees. Clacking. Clacking. Clacking, darling. Clacking. <laughs> like that. Right, good to go. Learjet waiting. I'm off to Las Vegas, darling. I'm going to be showing in Las Vegas. Oh, the lights, the glitz, the glamour. Oh, the gambling. I've got chips stuffed everywhere, darling. Bye. Oh, Las Vegas is another good American thing. Can we stick that on the best of America? Yeah. Yeah, I love Las Vegas. There's other things I'd thought was, oh, kiss, lots of kitschy stuff. Tiki, cocktails. Tiki more Hawaii, though, isn't it? Well, it was American guys who came up there. Well, precisely, yeah. yeah. On the beach, Cove Beach. Yeah. I love saying his full name. <laughs> yeah, you, you always have that. to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> um, so, uh, everyone, for the last uh, Who Wants to Be a Cocktail, mm-hmm. the cocktail was the basket, because that was the artist. And the three cryptic clues were... Number one, cutting them down like a Sam O'Ry king. I was crowned in vain glory, lopsided on the stateside sidewalk. So, um, the reason why I said Sam O'Ry, Sam O'Ry king yeah. like that is because um, when he began tagging in um, the city in Manhattan with his friends, he was under the name Samo with the phrase, like Samo for the arm pimps which was meant to poke fun at the art world elites. And then, uh, crowned in vain glory, lopsided on the stateside. Well, he would often um, draw a lopsided crown okay, um, as well. And a lopsided crown features a lot in his artwork. Yeah, it's a thing that comes from graffiti, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you see that a lot in graffiti. Yeah. Well, maybe he was the one who sort of started it all then. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure about that. Mm, I don't know. So a, lop- a lopsided crown appears repeatedly in his work, but life in New York was defined by rejecting riches and power. Uh, and then he, after running away from home as a teen, he lived on the streets and crashed in friends in, in Manhattan. Cryptic clue number two was from rags to riches in the city of lights. I was made a man in Manhattan, painting my riches in splattered Armani suits. And his work's very messy. It's very textured. You know, it's very scrappy. Mm. Um, that's the kind of the style of his work. You know, it's, I, I guess you would say it's very energetic and very, you know, maybe scrappy's not the right word. Kinetic. <laughs> kinetic. That's that. I bet, I bet that's the word they used back then. <laughs> very dynamic and kinetic. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then he would often paint in like Armani suits that would get splattered and covered in paint. Right. And then the cryptic clue number three, riding like an art pimp when I was a pimple teenager. Well, that goes back to what I was saying. Um, about him tagging Samo for the art pimps. Um, I mapped my journey. Uh, a lot of maps appear in his work as well. Right. Um, painting black into the Black Lives Matter. Well, um, and the reason why that's in there is because, you know, he's considered one of the most prolific and one of the most prominent black artists of American history. Mm. So he actually died from a heroin overdose in mm. 1988. 
but his paintings were sold in 2012, and one of them sold for $110.5 million. Wow. Making him one of the prices artists on the market. And actually, he would probably be really disgusted that his work was selling for that much money. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he sort of really just didn't like that kind of upper elitism mm. within the art world. But, you know, he had infiltrated it and kind of changed it from within, which is kind of what happens a lot with the art world, doesn't it, really? You yeah. know, the art world is constantly looking for new voices, really, new experiences. And I guess in that uh, 80s era, the whole street art thing, yeah, it was kind of a, a new sort of thing that was building, really, yeah. wasn't it? So there we go. That was Who Wants to Be a Cocktail. Cool. Was there any matters arising? Thank you so much, listeners, for sending in your comments. Um, we've actually had quite a few recently on the uh, Instagram. I won't read them out, um, but, you know, some really nice comments about the uh, Paper Planes video that I posted up of us throwing paper planes. On Spotify, I put up a little Q&A on one of our episodes for the worst cocktails. In fact, it was on the episode where we did the Maloco Plus that you absolutely hated. Oh, yeah. So I thought I'd stick in a Q&A for other people to send in their worst cocktails. Well, I'd actually really like to hear what people have had as their worst cocktail experience. Oh, really? Because worst are always just like, what was anyone thinking? Yeah. yeah um. So yeah. Cameron with an X, he replied that Jaeger Seltzer was one of the worst cocktails he'd oh ever had. I'd never heard of that. And I yeah. looked that up and it is exactly what it sounds like it's Jägermeister and Salsa I, I I think that kind of sounds like a sort of frat house hazing cocktail we didn't go too deep on the in the worst of America but I don't think anyone would be surprised that on the poll of what's the worst thing to come out of America Donald Trump was number one <laughs> Oh my god, he definitely was as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't actually look at his face now without feeling physically ill. Yeah, he actually kind of is, is like the face of anxiety, isn't he? The worst things to come out of America, Donald Trump and just just the horrendous amount of guns, really. I think. And scat singing. And scat singing. <laughs> yeah. Just those three things. Know, you're like, hmm, what's worse, guns or scat singing? For you, that's kind of like, it's like, oh, I they're all equal. Why. They're I all equal. They're all equal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. America, though, keep doing what you do well. Yeah, yeah. Right, should we spin the wheel of mixed fortune? Yes, let's do it. See what we're drinking next week. The Bachida. Bachida? The Bachida, Brazilian cocktail. Oh, great, okay. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go to Brazil. We're going to Brazil. Get your plane ticket. Nice. Thank you so much, Paul, for the drinks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, and happy um, Independence Day, you American bastards, uh, for kicking us out and wanting your freedom. I mean, God, you know, Uh. freedom... Jesus. We're just jealous. <laughs> We're just jealous. We, yeah. we want freedom from, <laughs> we want... from our tyrannical government <laughs> yeah, as well. We do, don't we? <laughs> I, want a, I want a bunker, man. I kind of think that's what I want now. Yeah. Yeah, I want my own bunker. Maybe I'll just go back up to that bunker and see if I can get in and just, <laughs> if it's disused, I'll just claim it as my own. Yeah, we'll let, do no garnish from there. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Remember to, um, what's, the, what's the usual bollocks again? Oh, yeah, get like, the usual bollocks in there. All the usual bollocks, like, rate, subscribe, whatever. Yeah, like us, rate us, subscribe us. Um, tell your friends. Tell your friends, buy us a coffee. <laughs> tell people who aren't your friends. Yeah, tell people at bus stops make check friends out. with people at bus stops check, check out buy me a coffee yeah. watch out for the lizard people yeah befriend a lizard bye bye when I was young it seemed that life was so wonderful a 
miracle. Oh, it was beautiful, magical. And all the birds in the trees, well, they'd be singing so happily, joyfully, playfully watching me. But then they sent me away to teach me how to be sensible, logical, responsible, practical. And they showed me a world where I could be so dependable, clinical. Intellectual, cynical. At night, when all the world sleep, the questions run too deep for such a simple man. Won't you please, please tell me what we've learned? I know it sounds absurd, but please tell me who I am, who I am, who I am, who I am. That's the show, my friend. <laughs>